Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Okay, here we go. All right, welcome. All right, welcome, YouTube. Sorry, we'll get up a better copy later. That sounds better. I'm going to play you a little bit of music. And Nevelina, who's coming in at noon. Get ready. Jay Beatty and crew that devised and constructed that whole beat, that little intro for me, and it will not trigger the copyright freaks at YouTube. So it is 11.46. We're getting ready to go live with Evelina Manorino. I've been practicing the name. I hope I got it right, Evelina Manorino. Okay, well, we're going to get her in at noon. She'll be in to tell us exactly how to say it. And we're going to play one more tune, Humble to the Ground. Karen Berger and the Blue Stars. Yeah. Give me grace and grant me wisdom. Sing along, hero. Thank you. 
Wait, hi. How are you? Can you hear me all right? <laughs> Hang on a second here. Got a little bit too music, too much music going on here. All righty then. Can you hear me okay? I sure can. Can you hear me? I can. And I have a double vision here. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I'm doing the same thing. <laughs> No, your head is above yourself over here. Like you got, what are you sitting in front of a picture of yourself or like a mannequin or what? No, is that on my end or your end? Oh, I only see, I don't see any background other than a picture of you with your head tilted like this looking the other way. So have you got yourself cropped somehow on Zoom? Or is there no, a- No, but I, I see that in my, like on my background as well. That's so weird. Yeah, it's like it's got like, your profile picture and you're only- just your your image is totally cut out and you have a green screen behind you it's awesome anyways it'll work fine <laughs> i didn't even know that maybe can you try pointing your camera down just a little bit or no so can you see me or just that image well, no, i can see you but your face is right behind well you can see on top like of double me right <laughs> which isn't that bad thing. that's weird hang on i'm gonna no, hang this, on. There this, we go. Hang on. This is live radio right here. There you go. Perfect. That's awesome. Live is always the best, isn't it? Thank there we go. Thank you for your time. I got to tell you a confession right off the bat. I am um, attracted to beautiful women with power and that look like leaders in their community. And there's nothing sexier than a woman that's got her act together, let's say, and shoot. Are, are, we, are we allowed to say words? Because well, we they might fall out. <laughs> can you say, can you, sorry can you say what can we say like what about if some words slip out here and there no yeah. i don't think uh, we're worried about that too much so uh now the correct pronunciation of your full name just so i've got it right evelina manorino evelina manorino that's what i had okay i have a habit of forgetting that halfway through and mispronouncing it so forgive me that's if fine I up in that place uh, again, thank you for your time. I don't know much about you other than what I've seen online. I watched that great video of you, uh, 73 questions. Oh, that one, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I guess you're a property developer as well. So just take as long as you need to tell, I don't care where you start from scratch, yeah. tell us, you know, everything. Uh, I won't interrupt you unless I have something valuable to contribute or I want to get some clear on something. So the time's yours. Take as much as you need just to tell us everything about who you are. And then we'll talk about what you're up to these days. Um, well, I was uh, in real estate development. I was building luxury homes up in Alberta. Um, that was my passion. I went from doing 
the residential up to commercial. I did a redevelopment on a previous church and turned that into a really beautiful event center. Um, and then, you know, when you're going down the river of life, sometimes it flows you down a whole different path. And now I'm, you know, shooting guns all day long. Now tell us a little bit about the guns you shoot. It looks like from what I can tell you strictly handguns. But yeah, I'm only focusing on handguns and I'm only focusing on one particular division as well. So I try to not try all the other guns and get distracted. I'm only focusing on that one division and one gun. Okay. And describe the division and what is it exactly? I see a bunch of letters up here, but I don't understand anything about what they are. So tell us about the competition level and what the organization um, Sure. So the division that I'm in is production, which means a gun that just comes out of the box. So there's no modifications to it or anything. There's no like red dots. There's no, I can't modify it in any way whatsoever. So that's the, I find the hardest one because there's no help with it. So once I can master that, then I'll go play with other, the other fancy ones, but I really want to master the, um, like this one first, this division first. Okay. And tell me a little bit more about the division. So what kind of gun are you using? So I'm currently with Tanfolio, which is an Italian gun. Okay, so are you sponsored by them as well, or are you, do you just pick no, up? No, I'm not. Name? Oh, okay. No, that's just the one that I was using. And this is a competitive level, but at what level, I mean, what do you compete for? Does this lead to something, is there an Olympics event for this kind of stuff, or? Uh, so the Olympics for this is called a World Shoot, and it comes out every four years. And this one, um, it's in 2020 this year at the end of November in Thailand. Okay, are you looking to qualify for that as well? I don't, at this point, I don't know if I'm going to be going to it or not, um, but I'm training hard for it. And, and if all the dates and all the training and competitions line up before that, then I'll be able to attend that and do very well in it. Evelina Manorino is my guest. Start previously to you were born in or grew up in BC. No, are you Canadian? Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm from Vancouver. Okay, so born and raised in Vancouver. No, born in Poland. So I'm I'm Polish. I'm Polish. Okay, and then yeah. you emigrated with your parents, I guess, to Canada and then to the states, or did uh, you stay no, on your own? We're uh, we're all Canadian. I'm just okay. training out of the states. Oh, I gotcha. Okay, so yeah. you are now in Nevada. Yes, training in Nevada. And you let loose by smashing gunpowder and bullets. That's how you yeah, won. Very, very good therapy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so what, what was the draw? How did you get drawn into, I mean, stere stereotypically, we yeah. kind of imagine boys with guns. It's kind of a... Exactly. You know, and so how, how and what was it that led you to... Uh, your interest in guns and then competitively competing? Well, I was, I was never interested in them. My ex-husband always wanted me to go get a gun and gun license. And I just had absolutely no, like just no desire for it, nothing. Um, and then a girlfriend of mine was going to the range and invited me and I, I, I attempted to decline. <laughs> she was, she's like, oh, I wasn't actually asking if you wanted to go or not. I need somebody to go with me. So you're coming. <laughs> so I, okay, fine, I'll go. And I remember my first day, I was so nervous to even hold the gun and shoot it. It took me probably an hour to get through one mag because I was just so scared to pull the trigger. And it, I was just so annoying. I still remember how annoying I must have been. But after that, um, because before I lived with anxiety all the time, like I, I always had anxiety from morning till night. 
And then when I left the range the first time, I remember having a break from anxiety because I was so nervous. So having an, an hour of being nervous was a break from my body from anxiety. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go try it again because I just wanted a break from constant anxiety. And I ended up doing really good at it just because the whole concept of shooting a gun where you have to put on your eye protection, hearing protection, you don't hear anything else. And then you're just focused on one spot. And then it's, it's just like being relaxed and just focusing on something. And then you shoot better when your mind is clear. So I would end up training, um, like how to just clear your mind to do better. And then that actually helped me get over my anxiety. I remember, I really appreciate your speaking of the first time you picked up a gun because I have a friend of mine who's a gun collector and an avid shooter and yeah. asked me and took me to his range uh, at one time. And I shot, I think a nine mil Glock. Uh, it was nothing. Yeah. Ping, 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 kind of cool. And I don't know, remember, I, I think it was a revolver. I'm guessing it was a 357 Magnum. Yeah. It was a either that or a 44. I'm not sure which one's bigger, but I remember, and he, you know, he would he'd show you how to hold it so the, the yeah. recoil is controllable and you don't hurt yourself and things like this. And he says, um, he looked at me and I was shaking. I was so yeah. nervous with this gun in my hand. I don't know why, maybe a healthy amount of respect. I mean, you're behind the line. You've got all your protective gear on. Yeah. You're with someone that knows what they're doing. They're trained. You, you feel like you should be in a safe place. But when I got my arms out, the gun was shaking. I could not control the shaking. And, and he yeah. says, uh, are you nervous? I said, yeah, I'm really yeah. nervous. And he, <laughs> said, he says, Jimmy, it's a big gun. And, yeah. I, and then when I shot it, I had a lot more respect for it. And I, to this day, I still don't know what made me shake. Like I very seldom get no, so nervous. I, I remember one time public speaking, I went from right. the place and it wasn't there. I was so scared. And we've all had that adrenaline rush when we do something that we're afraid of. For me, it's going right. on like a nationally syndicated radio show as a caller with no script. Hey, if I come on as a guest, I'm cool. If I'm the host yeah. of the show, I'm pretty cool. The calling in always scares me because you're in front of millions of people and I know what it's like to go for your voice in it, not be there. Now I've kind of yeah. managed my fear in that department. I haven't been back to the gun range since, but it always left me with the question of like, what am I afraid of? Like what is so scary about holding a piece of metal that discharges another piece of metal away from me? You know, I don't know. Yeah. Answer that at all. You know what? I remember the same thing for me. Um, the for the very first time, I was asking the range officers at the time there about their job and if they're if they are nervous about the people that are there. And I'm like, well, what about if I like drop the gun and it fires and shoots someone? I go, what about if I get scared and I point the gun at you and I shoot it or I shoot you in the foot? And he's like, that he goes, it just doesn't happen because they are so trained with firearms and they know how to handle people that are nervous but i think it's also the conception the of what guns are capable of doing and how much power they have and just knowing that we can handle that much power but it's the same thing as a vehicle right like a vehicle has that much power and we're not nervous driving vehicles constantly but because firearms are a different or a foreign sort of thing that we haven't practiced with i think we just get in that psychology of thinking something could go wrong. It's a great comparison. And I wonder right. if I jumped into a NASCAR or a jet powered drag 
dragster, I think I'd probably shake the same way because there's that much uh, possibility of you ending up in a very or like a race horse, right? Like yeah, you get on yeah. a race horse the first yeah. time and they're wild and you know, you'll have people telling you stories about you can fall off a horse, you can die. Remember that story, this one. And then you get all nervous about that, about the worst possible case scenario. But horses are, are you know, safe. Bicycles are safe. Bikes are like, it just depends on being able to handle whatever tool it is that you're using. Okay. Now, I, I have a fear of saws. Like I went to school in construction to learn how to use like just the saw. No, the first day was like all everything that could go wrong. And there's like blood. And if you drop a, a saw on your leg and, and I'm like, you know what, that just made it worse. So I don't like to use saws in construction. I just don't use them. I can't get over it. Now, you don't seem like a person that is overtly publicly political, and I, I, don't, I won't drag you there if you don't want to go there, but tell me about your reaction to some of the people that guns are a huge hot-button issue these days, especially every time there's a shooting yeah. or a mass shooting or a murder. Well, not every time there's a murder. I mean, there's murders every day, especially in the States. But tell right. me about the, some of the reaction to, you know, what a lot of us kind of succumb to the stereotypes of like, what are you doing? Like, how can you be supportive of such a deadly weapon? And don't you think you should be an advocate for, I don't know, you know, right. no, and, and I get stuff. that, right? I mean, and it's not a deadly weapon at all. Um, and I don't know stats. I don't have time to look at them or read them or whatever else. So I'm going to be guessing that there's probably more deaths when people are driving and texting than there are with recreational sports shooters in in my industry here i don't i can't even name i think maybe there was one time that there was an accidental um death only one but we can name so many where people are texting and driving and we're not going to ban phones right? People are going to do it anyways. You see them doing it all the time. So I, I really don't care about other people's opinion. It's not like when I'm driving to the range or I'm doing a competition or training that I really care about what other people think. How do you get to that point? Because I mean, so, so much of our personality types, I think are wired around acceptance. And, you know, a trainer of mine just said the other day, you know, be careful of putting too much emphasis like i i really want to block out like on twitter i say something and right. i get a reaction now oh, twitter's the worst <laughs> yeah the reaction is from faceless anon accounts that don't really know always me. i temper my uh expression a little bit more on facebook because when people come after me that actually know who i am and spend time with me it hurts a little bit more if they go oh jimmy yeah you know i'm disappointed you know so I right. get, and then at some point I've been better at saying F it, screw it. Yep. I don't care what anyone says, but it really only pertains to the criticism because right. if I look at the praise that I get, then I put all kinds of value in that. And my trainer was saying, basically, neither should be affecting you because and if you live true. for yep. the approval or the criticism of others, if one destroys you or one builds you up, you're just as liable to be vulnerable to all of it. So how do you get to a point of like, I just don't care? Um, so my, like, I always say like, you know, I just don't give a fuck. Um, but really what it is was um, I spent a lot of time training um, and just training my mind. And I know every day when I get up in the morning, 
when I'm out with the world, what I want to provide and give people is, um, I do want them to feel better after they would have met me. I make sure that I'm never, um, saying bad words about others. And Where'd you go? You froze. Come back. I lost you. Evelina Menorino is my guest. And she just dropped. What happened? It says you're still on the call. <laughs> Technology live. And now it's only me. You're gone. And hopefully she'll come back in. Avalino Manorino, a competitive shooter. She's in Nevada. She is in, uh, she's a shooter in the IPSC and the USPSA competitive shooter. Uh, she's from Canada, BC. Parents immigrated from Poland. And she is in Nevada right now and competing in um, target shooting, for lack of a better word, with a handgun. <laughs> My, <laughs> thanks for coming back, Meester. <laughs> She's feeding her cop. Yeah, I hear you, brother. Uh, so, uh, just intrigued by her Twitter account. Um, she dropped into my feed again yesterday and I said, Hey, love to get you on the show. And so here we are. Um, we've got about an hour with her. If she comes back in, we'll get to, we'll get to her. So there she goes. Ding dong. There you are. Sorry about that. No, that was, that was me. Oh, did you get a call or something? No, we were so hot that the phone died and it was hot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you do? Are you doing it on your phone? Yeah, because I can't do it from the house because I have a dog there. Okay. And my Tourette's would come out every few seconds. I had so. I had my buddy Greg Vesna on yesterday, and he was, he had his office in the back, and there was a cat in a box on his desk, and he was talking to me, but the cat decided he was going to get up and walk around and start meowing, and uh, one of my watchers said, "Can can you please have him feed the cat? <laughs> Tell him to feed the cat." So he put the cat out. <laughs> So yeah. Okay. So what I was saying was the only opinion that really matters should be our own opinion about ourselves. Right. And as long as we're out doing the absolute best that we can and just being the best person, other people's opinion really doesn't matter. And I am guilty of what you were describing earlier too. So any negative comments, I completely disregard, um, unless it's positive or, or, or feedback, like from my trainers, like, you know, if they say, okay, you, that really sucked, then of course I'm going to listen to it and correct it and sure. then do better. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, training things like that is different or any sponsors that I have, like when we're reviewing things, like if they're like, let's do it this way, I will listen. But other than that, other people that are being critical because they feel like crap and it makes them feel better to make fun of other people. I don't listen to it, but at the same time, I'm guilty of taking the positive feedback. <laughs> Right, right. And enjoying the positive feedback, which really should be 
you know, equals across the board. Do you have an underlying faith that kind of keeps you on that direction? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I don't have a particular faith, but I do pray every day. And, and you know, God is my number one fan, my number one coach. Everything I do, I have to just focus on that, right? So then you, is that kind of underlying faith, does that help you say, you know what, I don't care even what my husband thinks or my kids think or whatever. I only ex, have one. husband I don't have a husband. I am single. I, I'm saying, you know. Husband, you know, like whoever's looking at for anyone that's watching type of thing. You know, I, I heard a, a trainer the other day say, it doesn't matter what your parents think. It doesn't matter no. what your kids think, what your wife or your husband think. It really, you it are your own judge if you're on your own path. But then, you know, somebody with a strong faith would also say, you know what, I only have to answer to one guy at the end of the day. Exactly. That's, you know. What and that's it. And that's why whenever I have a, a question or, or I need to make a decision I'm like you know as long as it's a good one like it's not being mean or vindictive or anything like that then that's the one that I go with now I saw from your 73 questions and wow you are such a natural like you did you just won that probably no script nice. like, oh you want to do 73 questions yeah bring your crew come on over and ask me anything and I'll walk around yeah. my house it really looked you know, like you, can, you really can smell a script on someone when they're rehearsed and they're going yeah. over talking points and stuff like that. And I just, you know, it was my first experience watching you. I want to get an idea, you know, what you look like, how you roll and yeah. what you talk about. And so that was impressive. But then you made the point that, you know, if somebody wants to take me to Saudi Arabia, you know, and I, you know, I love having pretty good looking people, men or male or female on the yeah. show and I also you know I do a lot of work with uh, musicians and uh, especially for the female musicians I go well, you don't want people to know you have a boyfriend because we all want to believe that we have a chance with the rock star if we ever see them <laughs> we roll into a gun range we're like hey oh you're single we're single hey let's get coffee type of thing so yeah <laughs> it's a it's a great uh, thing as far as uh, uh, self-promotion goes uh, how has that served you or not in your field of expertise now, which is shooting guns? What do you mean? Like me being single? Yeah. You think it's a, you might be able to get a little bit more, uh, coaching or I don't know, a little bit, a leg up on the competition. <laughs> no, I mean, you know what, for me, it's, um, like a few months ago, I, w I was debating or wondering that maybe if I should start dating and then. I realized the only thing I'm really focused on right now is my sport and shooting. So for me, when people would ask me to go out for coffee, lunch, or dinner, like right away, I'm like, just not that I'm getting annoyed. That's not the right word, but I'm like, Oh, I just, I don't want to take time away from my practice. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, I spent so much time practicing and, and I practice at home as well that for me, like just to go out for coffee or lunch, it's like an hour of getting ready, an hour of going there. I'm not really interested in being with anybody right now because I'm always at the range and then it's like coming home. And so it's like three hours of wasted time for nothing. Mm. So right now, and I, you know, if I even talk to anybody else, like my only focal point right now is training and that is it. How do you practice and train at home? You got a like a, a gun range, like a little. No, so um, when we practice at home, it's obviously with with no ammo at all, and we have um, targets, different places on the walls, and it's like just to practice either the draw 
So the beeper goes oh. off and we just practice how quickly we can pull the gun out and get it on target or practicing the transitions back and forth or just running back and forth, things like that. Okay, what's your obstacle course look like? It's obviously timed. You've got a certain amount of targets to hit. You, what, you get a certain amount of bullets, but take us through some of the exercises that, or the competition. You know, I see it actually, and there's a guy following you around with a camera yeah. too. Praise that yeah. guy. Like he's got some courage there, man. Chasing you around with, you know, not worried about stray bullets. And I see the bunker in the background looks like sand dunes. So you're not getting yeah. ricochets anywhere. If you miss, it's yeah. not going to hit metal and bounce back at you. But uh, well, I, don't, I don't miss. I don't miss. <laughs> awesome. I love it. It's not a thing. <laughs> So yeah, um, give us running through the logistics of some of the exercises of the competitions and timed and how many targets you're shooting and you know what your records yeah, are. So during a competition, it's completely different than training. Okay. Like training was just focused on like one or two things that we're doing. So it's never training, doing the whole thing all over again. Um, it's very isolated. And then when we are doing a competition, then the the buzzer goes and we just put it all together just somehow works out so um people following you around with the camera like we're around guns so much it's not a it's not a worry at all we we know where to stand where to follow we know how which way you're going to shoot so we always have the angles the same way so that we're really not afraid of that um like sometimes we film so close that when we're having the camera and we're filming we're able to catch the brass that's coming out of the guns mm -hmm. So it's, that part is, yeah, like we're just, we're all so comfortable around it that like, I didn't even realize that would have been, a, that would have been a thing. Yeah, cool. So what type, like your last couple of videos that were up, um, yeah. what type of timing are we looking at there? And what do you, like, how many shots are you firing? How many, how many are, are in the clip? Like, give us a little bit more of the logistics of like what that looks like when they go, go, then what happens? <laughs> So on that last, like the one where I had to do, it's called a classifier for the USPSA where the, the, the kind of, it shows you what level you are at, right? So I spent three um, full days training eight hours a day on, um, earlier on in the week. And then I had to do that classifier, which was taking, there's three targets and we had to take two shots on each one, reload and take two more shots. Mm -hmm. And then we had to walk one step closer and do it with our strong hand. So one handed only, and then go a little bit closer and do it with our weak hand. So after training all week long, and I did that, I ended up getting one of the highest possible scores. And I was just so shocked that it all went just so flawless. It was, yeah, it was like the highest score you can get, which is grandmaster, um, which was, I think anything above, 88% and I ended up getting 91. I don't, I don't remember what it was. I just remember that it was um, like a really, really high score. So is this a competition where you can compete against men without a disadvantage? Oh, there's, there's, yeah, to me, it's really the same. Yeah. Like this isn't, it doesn't appear to be a sport where, you know, your upper body strength will give you a significant advantage. Men don't focus any clear. They don't have better eyesight, none of that. So there's no distinct advantage between the sexes. Probably one of the few sports where you can compete evenly and don't have to worry yeah. about being fast or stronger or whatever it is. That, yeah, yeah, no. it is. And so what does that feel like when you're uh, kicking ass out there and taking names and you're, you're the top of the heap and you're the, like, how many other women are competing? You know, there's not too there's really not that many 
Like I'm trying to get more women to come out and shoot, but there's not that many women that are doing it. Just, uh, do you think the proclivity to, to not gravitate and gravitate towards guns as an, as a particular interest in the first place? You know, I, I don't know what the, like the women that I speak with all have an interest in it. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure why. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's just. I think it's more of like boys like trucks for the most part. Girls yeah. like dolls and boys like guns and girls. You know, it's probably not a big portion of the. Majority. And you know what? The girls learn a lot faster than the boys do when it comes to guns. Like so, any any women that come in and want to start learning and training, they will far exceed the men a lot quicker. I find that when we're training, when the men are coming in, they have um like that machoism, like they already know how to do it. They don't want to, you know, learn from women and then they don't listen, right? They don't want to ask questions because they don't want to look stupid because they assume that they're supposed to know. Meanwhile, us women come in, we fully admit, we don't know anything. We don't know how any of this works. We have all these questions. We ask about the guns, how they work, all the parts, mm -hmm. everything. Did I do this right? Can you show me again? And we ask so many questions that were very teachable and coachable. Mm -hmm. And then the men just don't. I appreciate your thoughts on that too. I'm in real estate, have been for about 25 years. And yeah. we use the analogy of um, you know, women are better real estate agents for the most part than men. And it's, it's you know, somebody put it in context for me one time, you know, um, uh, a guy goes downstairs and he's showing up. Well, we have basements, as you know, basements in Canada, yeah. not so much in the States. You walk into the yeah. basement and there's a big crack in the wall and the buyer goes, whoa, that's a big crack. And the, the male agent, the man will say, oh, that's no problem. You just dig down and you seal it up. And my brother does that. You just put the cement in. Yeah. It's no problem. And the buyer's thinking, no problem, no problem for you, maybe. Whereas a yeah. female agent, I'm, again, this is a little bit stereotypical and not always true, but I think female, uh, the female agent has a more of a tendency to not pretend they know everything. Yeah. Manuel. And you go downstairs with a female agent, the buyer goes, ooh, geez, look at that crack. And the female agent will say, oh, do you know how to fix it? And the guy will go, oh, yeah, you just dig down and my brother does that and contacts a man. <laughs> and they become the... That is you know, true. Yeah. Um, so maybe that, that's a good, I like that. That is exactly how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. So now how long have you been shooting for? I've only been doing it for two and a half years. Really? Yeah. So this is like, you can see your passion in every post and every video that you put up there. There's no lack of passion for what you're doing here. You've really, now it might be tied to your, um, I think just my character. Well, I not only that, but when you pick up a gun and you're good at it right off the bat, it makes you want to come back. I wasn't though. No? Oh, okay. No, I, I wasn't. I'm, I'm, I get very obsessive about excellence. I had to learn in therapy that it's not perfection, it's excellence. So <laughs> I'm learning how to use that, that word excellence and not perfection. Um, when I choose to do anything, it's, it's all or nothing. It's either the best or not do it at all. Um, I find that if you can find something that you love to do, that's when you're going to excel. So if you're mm -hmm. kind of like, oh, I don't know if I want to do it, then I'm like, just don't do it. Keep going through different things until you find something that you love and not about the money either. Like in this sport right now, it's like being the starving artist. Like there's just, it's either you're at the very top and then you make money or there's nothing in between. Right. And if you're doing anything for money, it doesn't really, you know, you don't end up being that good at it. 
my men's group, we brought this up this morning at a Thursday morning men's group here. It starts early in the morning and we were talking today about, you know, it's um, easy to love something that you're good at. And if you have a natural talent for, but picking up something and going, oh, this is weight. Like I pick up the guitar. I'm a big guy, got yeah. big hands, my feet cramp. I'm like, I'm not yeah. spending all this time learning how to play those chords. And you put it down. Whereas if you picked it up and you're naturally good at it right off the bat, you have a, you know, better odds of going back to it and picking it up again. Yeah. So did you build enough confidence right off the bat to keep you in the game? Or was this something that you had to work at like hours and hours and hours and hours and hours before? It, it, it really was a lot of work. Yeah. At the beginning, I loved it for the, the therapeutical reasons that it was a, a nice break from everyday life. Um, and then just doing the competitions and just spending time at it and, and seeing the improvement little bit by little bit um, is what kept me going. But I'm very competitive. Like I just, it's like all or nothing sort of thing. Like I'm not going to be happy and satisfied until I'm at the very top of the sport. And what happens when you're at the top of the sport? You say, and also the, my guys today were talking about, oh, just do what you love and the money will come. I'm like, you know, you know what, guys, that is such crap. Okay, I've been doing what I love for a long time. It's still not paying me any money. And, you know, I, I, shouldn't, I shouldn't say that. I should probably be a little bit more positive. As an example, the YouTube. You know, yeah. I've had a YouTube channel for 10 years. I only started working at the last couple of years. I had a couple of radio shows on terrestrial radio. My last game yeah. I got fired from, I really enjoyed it. I think I'm kind of a natural and good at it. And then out of nowhere... My, I get monetized. I have this huge success. I've got 4,000 subs now, for, which for me is a huge thing. And, you know, I am making a little bit of money now, not mainly off videos like this or interviews. Yeah. People don't watch in the, in, the, in the volumes that they'll watch, you know, Jennifer Aniston gaze at Brad Pitt at the Golden yeah. Globes. But this idea, just <laughs> do what you love. Yeah, just do what you love and the money will follow is kind of I, like, I'm tired of hearing you know, that. You know, Jim, it's not, it's not about the money. So what I, I was watching Inky Johnson, I mean, is it Inky Johnson? Okay. An ex-football player. One of the things that he was saying that I found very powerful is when you're going after your dream, you have to be able to put in a hundred percent and, and, just put everything you have into it without an expectation of getting any results from it. Mm. And I found that to be, cause I'm putting everything into the sport and if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But at the end of the day, I'll know that I have given it everything I've got and that's really the best that I can do. So, and then right. my faith in God too. Like I feel like I'm flowing down this river of life trying to listen to the cues of where I'm supposed to go and what I'm supposed to do. And so, you know, whatever comes of it, comes of it. I appreciate that. And I constantly, um, you know, I, I've got a pretty strong faith only in the last 10 years or so. I grew up Catholic and never really was into my religion. I got a cool church now. I got a cool men's support group that's based out of it. And this idea that I only have one person to answer for, uh, answer to goes a long way. Um, yeah. No, I'm starting to ramble. I can't even remember where I was going. But um, <laughs> oh. Inky Johnson's quote: Put "Yeah, in everything you got with no expectation of any results." Yeah. Okay. So fantasize with me a little bit here. You're the author, director, and star in your own movie, and you can write it from this point forward. Anything you want. 
how does it go and where does it end? And what do you, have you accomplished? Um, in the sport? No, just as a, as a, as a life goal, career path, you know, when you've reached the top of the mountain and you've accomplished everything and you can say, God, take me now, I'm done. How, how what has happened between now and then? <laughs> so one of the things that I've been learning with is going through some really tough times is, um, you know, there, there is no planning for things like that. So I don't plan anything. I really just get up and do my best every day. Um, and the other thing is that moment is already here. You know what I mean? Like there's no, when this happens, then I'll be, it is right now. Like right now, despite like, <laughs> despite crap that I'm going through, cause we all have our own pile of crap. Yep, definitely. Take away all that crap because we're all in it the same way. Um, th that's the other thing too that I was learning is that we all have it. So there's no point in me thinking, no, poor me, I'm a victim. We're not, we're all, we're all doing, we have shitty things happening to us. So that moment for me really is already right now because I'm, I'm in a, a beautiful warm weather. I get to train every single day. I'm doing a sport that I love. I have my health and I'm happy. So there's really no greater level than this one. And everything is a bonus. Mm. And you talk about the wisdom. I, I kind of come from the standpoint, that especially where, where regard, well, everything's about faith, I guess, if you look at it that way. But, you know, I'm an idiot. And every time I take the reins of my life, it ends up in the ditch. So I kind of, I've, 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 I've grown used to not praying for things that I want because I, I'm a fool. And just saying, yeah. put me where you need me on the path that you need me to do your work. And then I feel like, you know what, if I'm on his path, I'm good because right. his path is, is just garbage. Because how often have we prayed for, we were so desperate begging for something and then we ended up not getting it later to go, oh, thank God I didn't get that. Oh, thank God. Right. It's a, and that's why every single time it just goes to show that. A, we walk in faith, not in fear. He always wants the best for us and will give us the best. So if I don't get something that I wanted, I'm like, whatever, I'll get something else, right? Mm, interesting. It's funny how the conversation that we're having now is really <laughs> parallel to the one I just had today with this idea that, you know, do what you love, all the money will come. And, uh, and so but it's yeah, not I about the money. It really isn't. No, obviously you've got a passionate and a, and a love for it as well. Um, and uh, how how are you finding, or what do you what do you see your impact as being on people? I don't know what it is right now. I do have people that come up to me and let me know that I inspire them. Um, you know, just going through stuff that I I just keep going. I keep getting up and I keep trying it again, even if. Um, I mean, not lately, but I used to have matches that I didn't do so well, but I would still get up and keep practicing and going to training and I just keep going. And no matter what happens, my challenge every day is to be happy despite things that could go wrong. Um, yeah. And I find that people get inspired by that. What do you find your weaknesses to be? What do you what are you susceptible to? What gets you thrown off track, or what do you find that you know is you know things that can injure you quickly that you're trying to stay away from or conquer? Or... 
Hmm. That's a good question. I don't, I don't know what my, my weaknesses are right now. Okay. I had a guest the other day that said red wine right off the bat. Boom. <laughs> I don't, I don't drink. So that's not a thing. Yeah. I don't drink at all. So I don't know. for me only over the, the last few years, it's become, you know, when I pray to be healed from something, it's ego judgment and pride because I, yeah. I see the hate that resides in me. And when Trump yeah. came to power, I said, I'm not going to expend any hate on this man. I, I, right. I have my hate placed in some very strategic locations now. I'm trying to diminish it all the time, but the last thing I need is to increase it. So that's something right. that I constantly am aware of, like, just take this from me. I don't think I'll ever be free of it. I think that uh, probably more, um, it's more constructive to say, you know what? I'm kind of hateful as naturally. You know, you see people and you're like, ew. You know, some people just, rub you the wrong way and you're like well, why i don't even know that person why should i have right. such strong feelings so i mean that is an example that's something i always say just take it from me i consider that to be my weakness you know my humanity and i've conquered that as well like you know they say love your enemies i'm like well i'm not gonna love them but i don't hate them like i don't there's not a single person on earth that i hate right even People are like, well, you must hate your ex-husband because I don't have my kids with me because of him. And, and yes, that makes me sad. Like even last night I was driving somewhere and something triggered me and I just started bawling my eyes and I had to pull over and I just like, Hey, this will, it's kind of like a rainstorm, right? I pulled over, I like cried, bawled my eyes out. I'm like, okay, are you done? And then I just kept driving. Right. But I don't, I don't hate anybody like because hate it's something that doesn't like, it doesn't affect other people. Right. If I was hating you right now, it doesn't bother you. It just bothers me because it's like a, it's what? a gross thing that's inside my body. That, you know, that's the other thing that I pray for my God, please don't let me hate anybody. Cause I don't, I work really hard at my body. I don't want any of that. Right. Like I don't drink mm. or smoke or do drugs or, and I don't eat crappy food. And so hatred is so awful that I don't want that in my body as well. So that's one of the things that I pray for all the time. And God has blessed me with that. So I don't have hate for anybody. So if anyone's mean to me, I just feel bad for them. Because when you're saying anything hateful to another person, that comes from inside yourself. It's never about somebody else. Mm. And maybe I have some, made some headway in that department because I don't have the road rage anymore. I don't experience, I let people in. I don't block the driveway at the corner at the plaza. I let, you know, I'm kind of constantly going, go ahead, go ahead. Where before I just like, and I, I think that came from a narrative of being a real estate agent. And I found myself saying, um, well, I make a lot of signatures because there's multiple copies, multiple, yeah. there's multiple signatures. And, and, you know, my signature's, you know, messy. It does, there's no form to it. It's a script. Yeah. And I'd have my clients say, ooh, well, that's quite the signature. And my response immediately always was time is money. I do a lot of this. And I realized that when I'm lining up behind the old lady at the, at the corner store that's uh, picking lotto tickets, and I'll have, oh, no, one cash for life. No, no, no. Two cash for life, a crossword, and a 640. And I'm burning. I'm going, I'm just thinking, because time is money. Now, where normally I would just be in the background burning. Now I come from a place of, you know what, really all I have is time and where I'm yeah. going, where I'm going next 
isn't really all that important. So now I find the, the, old lady, the older lady in front of me will often turn around and say, I'm sorry, I'm taking so much time and give me the opportunity to go, you know what? I've got nothing but time. Take as much as, a, as you want. And it's just a simple paradigm shift that I think comes it, with- It really is right. and it's powerful. And I think that's where guns come in from training with guns so much. I've learned to just be so calm and then working with the NRA here doing um, like personal protection. One of the things that we learn as well is, is just to be calm at all times. So doing road raging, like if you assume and know that everyone has a gun and they're going to kill you and you're road raging, are you going to like give this guy a finger? No, because he could have a gun and he could not be as responsible and he'll just turn around and shoot you. Right. So if you're out every time, you know, and this old lady too, like maybe she's like, she's had it. And if you're going to be mad or give her that feeling, she might shoot you too. Right. So I find that in areas, you know, at the gun range, like, nope, there's just, I've never seen anger at the gun range ever. Nor would you want Nobody to. argued. I have, I mean, I've only done this for two and a half years, but never have I seen anybody argue at a gun range. Mm. It's just, it's a calming sort of thing. Right. And then that, you know, that's why I like road rage. If you need to get in, like I, go ahead. They're probably needing to get somewhere that's way more important than where I need to go. Right. Mm. And what does yeah. it save you? Five seconds of your life. Exactly. Speeding down the road saves you a minute and, or gives you there a minute faster. And then you right. And the then the anger ruins your body. Mm -hmm. It's stress. You don't want to stress your body. Like, go ahead. Let the lady pick her damn lottery tickets. Yeah. You know? Now, how have you stayed out of, or do you participate in the politics of gun? Because, you know, for some people, as soon as you say the NRA, they're like, oh, you know, like you're a bad person if you're a member of the NRA. Yeah. And we saw recently, like I'm addicted to politics. I'm a 10 time green party, oh, seven or eight time green party candidate up here in Canada. Yeah. I started in 1993. I run for other parties as well, municipally, regionally, even for mayor. Um, yeah. That kind of thing. and. Um, I'm intensely political. And now yeah. since Trump, I'm addicted to American politics. I never give a crap about American politics before that. I'd look, I'd watch the election, but now I'm watching the democratic debates for, for campaigning. I'm, I watched the first, not the whole day, but the first day of impeachment, I had it on in the background. I'm enthralled with it. I can't, yeah. I think Trump is unbelievably entertaining and real like I mean, there's nothing about him that's fake and he'll say anything and you know i got a lot of time for anyone that just shoots the middle <laughs> finger and says i don't care narcissistic <laughs> call me whatever you want i don't care what you think so have you been uh do you have to try and stay away from the politics that is guns or have you taking uh, are you public about you know but you know we see the the left-wing mass uh, terrorists in Antifa showing up, all they want to do is violence. And then you have yeah. a gun rally where everyone's armed with automatic semi, everyone's got guns and there's no problems. No, oh, look at me doing the white power signal. Oops. Uh, <laughs> no, okay and, and that's anymore. the thing. Like I'm with them every single day. And then on the weekends when there's matches, like there's so many people, we all walk around with guns. Like there's never been an issue like there just isn't um you know and if somebody asks me an opinion like i will i will give an answer but i don't have time to engage with discussions and go on about it um mm -hmm. i like having discussions 
but the people like, you know, like the Twitter sort of audience with no photos and no whatever else, like they, it's not really a discussion. It's not going to help either, either one. So I don't have time uh -huh. to engage with things like that. Okay. Are you, do you find yourself to be political by nature? Do you have an interest in it? Do you take it seriously? And do you, I mean, you, you don't vote down there. I've, obviously. I've been asked to run for prime minister by quite a, quite a number of people. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm like, I just, I'm like, I don't have time right now. Like I just, I don't want to be doing that. That's not something I would want to do. And where would you put yourself on the political spectrum if you're just, you know, left, right, center, moderate, what? Uh, neither. Yeah. Any, like, Swing back and forth, you get positions on both sides? Yeah. All right. Because I don't think there's a, you know, both Canada and the States, there's not really one party that has everything that I stand for and believe in and agree with, right? It's a little bit of everything. True enough. What do you think your purpose on this planet is? I don't know. I don't know if really? I'll ever know. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh. Hmm. It's an adventure to kind of find out, you know, what I'm doing, where I'm going. Like three years ago, like just three years ago, I would have never imagined in my wildest dreams that this is what I would be doing because I, three years ago, I didn't even pick up a gun. Okay. Let's try and even one year ago when I was still in Alberta shooting, even then, I would have never imagined that I would be training this much and moving up the ranks this quickly. Like, I never imagined that. So that's why um, I don't want to have a plan because there's no point. Like, the, the way everything is turning out is so much better than I could have even imagined or planned it. So I'm just enjoying where this is all taking me. What if you look at the same question and take yourself out of the equation, like your purpose on yeah. this planet, not for you, not for what you want to accomplish, but how you affect other people. Like you must have a sense of what you're good at and go, Hmm. You know, like when we're in the zone and we're doing something that is kind of our calling, then I think yeah. we're like, Oh, with the, like time, there is no time. We're like, right. wow, 10 hours just went by and I'm in this zone because, wow, well, you know, my mother uh, who's, well, it's coming up on 10 years that she's been gone now, died way too quickly. You know, I, I'd get bummed out and depressed and usually I was broke and, and I, I'd come over and, and she'd say, you know, give me the figurative kick in the ass and say, here's 10 bucks. I want it back this time. She never got it back. Uh, and, <laughs> and go and do something nice. Stop feeling sorry for yourself and go do something for someone else. And, yeah. you know, kind of my faith since I've, you know, done a deeper dive there. It's also, it's not about you. It's about someone else. So if you take yourself out of the equation and look at, you know, because you really landed on some talents that you have, that doesn't really speak to purpose. So if you had a higher purpose that didn't involve you, what would you say? You know, some people say touch, move and inspire, or, you know, I'm, I don't know. I want right. to so, be I mean, a big brother. Me, I think it's, um, you know, helping people become better people, um, you know, and, and inspiring people to be the best that they can be, seeing that they're capable of doing a lot more, um, you know, and, and then kind of like that. And so shooting would be a definitely a vehicle for displaying determination, focus, training, you know, all, all kinds of traits. Oh, sports is like the, the best learning. You learn so much about yourself. And it was, I almost don't want to admit if I don't know. I remember on a Thursday, 
I was like, after my three days of training, like intense training, you know, I did that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday on a Thursday. I don't know what happened. I was crying, speaking to another coach in a different country going, why, why am I doing this? Like, what am I doing with my life? Like I'm, I'm in my forties and I'm running around shooting things. Meanwhile, I had this big corporate real estate development company. And now I'm like, I don't have money and I'm just doing sports. I didn't, and I was like, why, what, what did I just do with my life? Right. And then, and I wanted to quit. And then two days later was when I got my GM score just two days later. So there's always that um, that saying where, you know, don't quit because you're like five. And I think maybe somebody else sent me that you're five minutes away from a miracle or something like that. Like, don't just quit because where people quit a lot, their dream would have been realized just shortly after that. Yeah. I, I uh, Napoleon Hill said three feet from gold. The, yeah. Something graphic, like that. The guy that bought the gold mine bought it with the intention and he, he went and sold it to another guy and it turned out he was three feet from gold. If he had to just dug three more feet, he would have got his gold. Yeah. And then it's the other thing that's important and it probably is easier for women than it is for men. Like when I was feeling like that, like I have um, two people that I trust with that where I can phone them and cry about it and say, I, you know, I think I'm going to quit the sport, right? Where they, where they, you have that mentorship where they'll help you through it. Right. And it's not being a victim. Um, because I'm generally very strong and I'm, and I, you know, keep persevering with this thing, but I have my moments. And when I have those moments, as opposed to not letting anybody see them, I have the one or two people that I reach out to and they help me through that. And then those people have those moments as well. And I look at them, I'm like, what? You're the best. Like, how can you think that? Right. But sometimes we get into that little rut where we need the help to get out of it. Mm-hmm. So, and that leads me to another, well, I'm just, doesn't, I don't have any questions planned as you probably have noticed already. Well, which is fine. So honestly, I think those are the best ones. I'm just no winging. Plans. So what would you say your masks are that you put on? Now you seem pretty authentic, but you're, you're human. And we all go out with, like, I would say that a mask for you would be, because what I look at when I see you is courage, yeah. bravery, and yeah. confidence, you know? And, and I think that you would admit that you're not that all the time. And, you know, so if you were to, we all have these, my mask is I'm untouchable. You cannot yeah. hurt me. And most people that look at me are sold by the fact that, like they don't look at me and see a sensitive guy. They yeah. see an egomaniac, narcissistic psychopath maybe, that is confident enough to take controversial opinions and propagate them with facts and blah, blah, blah. So I would say, that one of the masks that I put on is you can't hurt me. But in reality, I'm the most sensitive guy there is. And the people that yeah. know, know I get hurt very easily. And now I'm open about the fact that people misunderstand me because of my mask. Now the mask gets yeah. put on whether I want to put it on or not. It's just second nature. So what was yeah. the mask that you put on for your public appearances there? Um, I mean, it's probably about the same with the sport the last two years, like after I used to do a match, I was always upset about my score. Like I spent so much time crying about the sport and, and debating whether I should quit it or keep trying. Like I spent a lot of time doing that. Just because um, of the result. Then, pardon? Just because of the results? Because like of the results. Result. Like I wanted to get better at an even faster rate. You know, so people were saying like, pardon? For the outcome. Yeah. If you're really invested in the outcome. If the outcome doesn't come, you're destroyed. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So that Great. it took me a while to get, get through all that as well. Um, 
and then probably too the, the thing about my children like I haven't seen them I haven't seen my daughter since November mm. um and that part is really hard so I spend like in public I'm generally happy I think I've only missed one match where I was crying so much I couldn't even get out of bed but other than that like that's probably probably it but and I don't want to spend time in public or in social media being like a victim or being negative about it you know what I mean like that's something that I share with only a couple of people because when I scroll back through things that I have on Facebook or social media it's for me um, it's a reminder of all the good stuff that I do have happening mm. right so and I spoke about this with uh, another sponsor as well and I said I don't want to be fake that my life is always this good and always this happy but for my I think it's also for my own self like when I look back on it I just want to make sure that there's a lot of good times and the good times far exceed all the negative stuff right mm. wow thank you for being vulnerable I think there's nothing sexier I love it doesn't matter man or woman self-deprecation and vulnerability in my men's group uh, the ground shook a couple times yeah. when guys broke down and said, you know, I remember Johnny one time saying, I'm a dog that goes back to my own vomit and not just, yeah. to, not just to look I'm feasting. And I went, what? Like, and the, the room was completely quiet. And yeah. after I was like, you know, I'm a joker. So I'm like, did you guys feel that? Like the ground <laughs> shook when Johnny was speaking, like, what is that? And, you know, one of my Christianese guys is like, you know, I kind of see myself as being new in the faith, even though I'm not really, I'm a, I'm a leader in my community, but I still, I'll never get it right. And he's like, that's the Holy Spirit. I'm like, you guys always got an answer for everything. How <laughs> yeah. do you put, so I say that all to, and again, I really appreciate your vulnerability, especially when it comes to your personal situation with your kids. How do you shift that paradigm? How do you shift? I don't, I'm never married no children. I think there's, Hey, if God wants it to happen, I could still have a kid. I think I'm destined yeah. to have one. I think I'd be a great father. But how do you deal with, you know, that issue would you have every right as a mother, you know, like just to see you speak so you know what? I, that, about that's it? where faith comes in. Um, you know, I, I'm always grateful for my blessings. My children are healthy and they're alive. So I will take my pile of crap any day over other people's crap who have to go through the burden of not having their children with them. So as opposed to being ungrateful that my kids are not physically with me right now, it's attitude of gratitude. I'm grateful that they are still on this planet I could possibly see them tomorrow. They are healthy. There's nothing wrong with them. And for that, I am very grateful. Mm, amen. What do you think it would take to have a shift in that department for tomorrow that to be a, a reality? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I could say that publicly. <laughs> <laughs> I think I know what your answer would be. But taking that out of the equation, I'm looking for you, something that falls on your personal responsibility that maybe you'd have to let something go or shift a paradigm to go, okay. You know what? I, and I don't know what that is. Like, I, I think about that every day. Like, what, what it's going to take. 
And I don't know. I think with time, it, it will just happen. However, it's meant to happen. Mm. I try not to think about it too much because then I get back to the doom and gloom, right? Mm. Awesome. What do you, now you can't say gun shooting. What are your other hobbies? What is something else you really enjoy? Something that makes you, I don't know, music, maybe, you know, when you lose your mind and you're like, oh, geez, two hours went by and I'm really pinball, pool, I don't know, something else that you, you love to do other than shoot guns. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> I mean, reading books. Okay. I love reading books. What do you I, read? I read a, a lot of books. What do you read? Um, like sort of self-help okay. uh, business stuff about people biographies yeah what's your favorite one probably think and grow rich oh that you nailed napoleon how can you not how can that not be the right? most important book ever written napoleon. i have like i have the leather one with the gold sort of things <laughs> on the sides like the nice big thick one mm -hmm. you know no. my friend wanted to borrow it once i said do not touch that book at all it's like it's like my bible now, I think, I think I could teach a course in Thinking Can Grow Rich, but I've never been all that good at applying it to my own life. How about you? Well, it, to me, it's kind of like the Bible. Like every day you get never up does. and you start over. Oh, okay. And you start over again, right? And I have my friends that remind me sometimes, like I'll say something and she's like, that's not what you teach. I'm like, well, I gave you that advice, but you're not supposed to give it back to me. <laughs> <laughs> right? So every day, every day is a learning thing. Mm-hmm. Who do you get mistaken for looking like? Um, you know what? Nobody, but I have people coming up to me quite a, quite a bit to say that I look very familiar. Like I know mm. you from somewhere. I'm like, I get that all the time. Uh, Dana from the NRA comes together a little bit. The spokesperson, Dana Lausch, Lausch. You gotta know who she is. She's very political. Um, but yeah, I don't, do I look like her? A little bit. Uh, I think it, for me, uh, it occurs for a little bit of uh, Demi Moore as you. I've, I've had Demi Moore before as well. Yeah, cool. Megan Fox. Mm, I see that too. The green eyes, especially they are green, right? Yeah, green. Yeah. With the, yeah. Cool. Um, I want to respect your time. We're coming up on just about an hour. So uh, how can people get a, a hold of you or support you or follow you? I know you're on Instagram. I don't think I've followed you on that platform. Yeah. I am. Uh, I followed you on a couple of your subscribe to a couple of the YouTube channels. I did find Alpha Lena, and I also yeah. found Development. Now you're not in real estate at all. We should touch on that a little bit too, because I, th I thought that was so cool when you're standing in what looked like your own subdivision, talking about doing six or eight more projects. And man, I love the white marble. You got some good. Oh, I know. It's my favorite. Um, no, you know what? That was my big career, my big passion. Um, but through getting married to the wrong person, going through a horrible divorce, a lot of that just ended up not going well, which I'm fine with because now I have this and then I can always pick that up and go back to it later on. Oh, cool. Were you doing that in Canada? I was doing that in Canada. Yeah. Oh, cool. All right. What are you coming up for competitions? Um, I'm scheduled for shoots out in Texas, Florida, um, and then other stuff that I can't mention it publicly until it comes through, okay. but a lot of good stuff coming up. If there's no money in shooting, how are you paying your bills and getting by and getting up to all these events if you've got no sponsorship? Um, so through those events, those are sent to me through different companies. Okay. So they'll just send me the dates of where I need to be. And then I, and I go and thank God for that. Um, Sometimes rent doesn't get paid. <laughs> I'm like, 
that's not being a very responsible adult, but I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> so how, sometimes it does get paid. Yeah. How do you have you how have you adjusted to that? Because I, I, I consider myself and you know, I've been there, I've had the the big house and the small house and then been homeless and and you know, and at this time of my life I'm like, oh seriously? Like like I'm fifty one years old. Like, is this what I've been like how have you adjusted to, you know, not being able to from going from living in the mansion to not being able to pay your rent? That's a you know, big it, it's it's funny. It really is. Um I was always a hard worker. I worked all the time, saved all my money. I became a millionaire in my thirties and I was always happy. And so people were saying, well, you're happy because you have all that money. If I had your money, I'd be happy too. And I'd always say, I'm like, it's, it's not about the money. I'm just a happy person. So now I feel like God is challenging me going, well, okay, now you have nothing. Can you still be happy? I'm like, yeah, I'm still happy. Like happiness cannot be taken away from you and it's not dependent on what you have or whether your rent is paid or not mm. right there's always taco tuesday here like it's it'll get you through the week <laughs> right yeah. yeah no i agree completely uh i love you thank you for your time thank i you. hope that this reaches so many you're welcome i really appreciate the time you know i'm never quite sure why i pick up the guests that i do i know that there's always a you know, so, you know, often I get off the computer or, you know, if I have local musicians yeah. here, you ask who my demographic is. I'm not really sure. Channel's grown so much. And often I'll get off the interview and go, well, that was really cool. And then immediately, I don't know if it's the enemy that comes in or doubt that says, what are you doing? You're not making a dime from this. No one's ever going to, you know, and it only no, takes one person Jim, to call. Stop. That's say, the devil. That's the devil just <laughs> trying to take away your happiness. And do you notice that usually happens after something good happens? Yeah. You know what I mean? Something really great happens. We get a really good opportunity or, or, or something like, oh my God, this is so good. I'm so happy. And then within moments you have that thing going, yeah, but you're not that good. It really? was, you know what I mean? It's the devil trying to take away your happiness. So as soon mm. as the little tingly feeling comes in, I always just say, you know, like, fuck off Satan. Yeah, get get behind me. Somebody else. Yeah, no, that's, I, I'm glad you said that because there's very often that that voice comes in and, and we, we talked about, you know, being susceptible to the criticism and the praise, which is equally as evil, I think, one makes us feel way too good about ourselves. And if we let yeah. it, it, it can make us feel way too bad about ourselves as well. But uh, um, then, you know, sometimes down the road, someone will say, I saw your interview. What was that gun girl's name? I don't remember, but she said this. And for the rest of my life, I'll remember that. Again, yeah. a little bit too susceptible to making a difference for people and making their improvement of their life somehow or opening them it up. It is for that one tiny little snippet. Like, like mm -hmm. I said, yesterday I was watching Inky for an hour. And the only thing I remember from him which applied to me because this is where I'm at in my life right now. And that's why I remember it is you put in everything you have into your dream without expecting any sort of results from it whatsoever. So just like, will you make any money? Who cares? It doesn't matter whether you make money or not. Cause that's not what it's about. We're not doing it for the money. We're doing it for whatever other reason, but money is not a reason. Mm -hmm. If you want money, then you go get a job. 
There you go. I may have to do that as well. Uh, contact information. <laughs> know, right? How can Me people get a hold of Yeah. <laughs> I think I'll go work at Del Taco so I can get free tacos. <laughs> Del Taco. I haven't had one of those in a long time. How can oh, people so get a hold of you or follow you or contact you if they need to? So Instagram, I'm there as Alphalina. So two A's in alpha at the beginning. And Twitter, I think it's Evelina Manorino on Twitter. That's right. Yeah. All right. Thank you very much for your time. Uh, let's Thank check you. back in. Yeah, you're welcome. It was I, I fun. Yeah, it was. Uh, and you're great. You're great interview. Thanks. Guy. Come oh, shooting good. sometime. I, uh, you never know. Uh, you never no. know. Nevada's not my favorite state, but you never know. Maybe I'll meet you at a competition somewhere. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There's always a reason. So I appreciate your time and your can your sure. vulnerability. That's so cool. And hopefully somebody yeah. will get something out of it. And we'll talk again soon. Thanks again. Sounds good. You take right. care, Jim. Cheers. Bye. All right. How do I work this now? Start How do I work this thing too? <laughs> <laughs> Manage participants. I'm just going to cut you loose. Let's just say more chat remove. Oh, bye. I'm still here. <laughs> She'll not be able to rejoin the meeting. Oh, there she is, gone. She was, there she was, gone. And I'm far too close. Ooh. <laughs> Thanks for joining. That was Evelina Menorino. And I got the name right. And I will get, if you're watching on the YouBoob right now, I'll get a copy up where you can see her talking on the Zoom interview um, later. And the Zoom interview needs to upload and process and whatnot. Coming up tomorrow, YouTube. Friday, 10.45, we have Paul David Eskew coming up. Uh, we're going to talk about life hacks, microdosing, um, technology, uh, bots for your social media. He got me on a bot. He got me uh, with a LinkedIn bot that uh, basically recruited me to have a conversation with him. And then next thing you know, I'm interviewing him. So Paul David Eskew is my guest tomorrow. That's Friday, 1045 right here on YouTube. Also, that's Friday, 1045, Paul David Eskew. Saturday, G Sharp Yahia. He is the founding member of a band called road waves and he is one talented kid he's going to play a couple riffs and we're just going to do a just a solid hang we're just going to hang out together maybe uh get hip maybe this that and the other thing i appreciate your time thanks for joining me today uh make sure to follow subscribe like comment and share okay peace out y'all